Hello Vineyard Church, it is so good to be with you today. My name is Julian Adams, um, I am married to the lovely Katia Adams and we have moved just um, over a year ago now, actually this May, uh, moved from South Africa to this great city of Boston to be part of planting a church called the Table Boston and it has been so much fun seeing God break in even in the midst of the pandemic and adding people to our community and it really is out of this um, incredible opportunity of living here in Boston that Pastor Stephen and I have uh, started to become friends and uh, I love what God is doing in the Vineyard Church both as a movement and now in Hopkinton um, and it is such a joy for me to be speaking to you um, and I'm trusting that God would communicate his heart and God would communicate uh, what, uh, what he has for you today. I'd love it if you would turn in your Bibles please to Matthew chapter 16. I want to pick up from verse 13 some familiar scripture and then I want to connect it to this beautiful day called Pentecost Sunday. And so in verse 13 of chapter 16 in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus comes to the region of Caesarea Philippi and he says to his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said to him, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I wonder if you would close your eyes, and I want to invite the Holy Spirit into my presentation this morning into my preaching this morning so that we will be changed from the inside out and so holy spirit we love your presence we love that we get to celebrate today as pentecost sunday has arrived the day where you poured yourself out upon some scared disciples in an upper room and they went on to change the world because of how you empowered them i pray that you would help me communicate your heart in jesus name Amen. I love this particular text and I really want to hone in on some aspects and then connect it to what it means for us this Pentecost Sunday, what it means for us this day where we celebrate not just the once of outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but the ongoing outpouring of the Holy Spirit and his presence in our lives. Jesus has come to the district of Caesarea Philippi and he's talking to his disciples and he says to them who do you say that I am and numbers of them connect him to a prophetic voice to a prophet of old um, but Peter gets this incredible revelation and it's quite unique and it's really important for us to understand this because when we get this we understand that Peter is not just simply identifying Jesus as the son of God or not simply identifying Jesus as um one who has a mission, but he's identifying not only who Jesus is, but the way he did ministry as an example for us today. And he says to Jesus, you are the Christ. Now, that particular phrase is quite important for us to understand because Peter is borrowing um, and understanding. Peter is recognizing a revelation about the identity of Jesus 
that goes beyond simply saying that Christ was his surname. Um, no, no, this is, is a whole lot more. This is about Peter understanding the incredible mission and purpose that Jesus came with to demonstrate who he was as the Son of God and how he did the stuff that he did in terms of miracles and bringing radical change as the Son of God. And the phrase that he uses is this word Christ. It's an Old Testament phrase. It's the word charisma. It's where we actually get the word charisms from or endowments or empowerments from. It speaks of the anointing, the dynamic presence and power of God upon um, ordinary flesh to do the extraordinary. You see, Peter would have remembered some of the incredible promises that the people of Israel were living with, that one day someone would come who would not only have the Holy Spirit rest upon them, but actually remain and dwell within them. Up until this point in history, the prophets of old only had the Holy Spirit come upon them for a season and then lift off of them. In fact, you see that there are only three types of people who get um, the sense of the Holy Spirit resting upon them. Prophets, priests and kings. And for added measure, I want to uh, insert to this point an Old Testament reference that sometimes even animals like a donkey got the Holy Spirit rest on them for a season. But the difference that Peter is recognizing, the hallmark that Peter is recognizing, is that there's something beautiful and unique about Jesus, in that the Christ anointing was one that would not only rest, but one that would remain. And this is exactly what's happening. This is exactly what Peter is recognizing. And he's saying to Jesus, you are the unique son of God, because not only do you have the spirit of God, like the prophets of old, resting upon you, but you have the spirit of God remaining and dwelling within you. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and what we see at Pentecost is the very same empowerment, the very same identifying marker of Jesus that rested upon him to identify him as the Son of God, now rests upon the church. And I love that the beautiful picture in Acts chapter 2 is the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the church and the result is that everything changes for the people of God. We see that God in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 deals with racism. He deals with gender inequality. He deals with social and economic inequality because in that moment the Holy Spirit falls upon all flesh. And one of the aspects that we see in this particular context is that the Holy Spirit, as he's poured out upon all fresh flesh, upon sons and daughters, is that they begin to prophesy. The very same thing that the disciples recognized in Jesus, there's something prophetic. And by prophetic, we simply mean that they feel and reveal God's heart to people. It's a beautiful picture. God wants you as a community to not only receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, but he wants you to live out of that indwelling presence so that you can reveal God's heart to people. And that's the heart of prophecy. And I want to 
I want to talk a little bit about what it means that every single person gets to prophesy. Paul's desire is that they may all prophesy. In fact, in the Old Testament, when Moses is praying, he says, oh, I wish that all of God's people would be prophets. And the answer, the direct answer to Moses' prophetic cry in the Old Testament happens in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, this very day that we're celebrating, is poured out upon all flesh that they may reveal God's heart, that they may prophesy to everyone. I get the incredible job of traveling all over the world, prophesying over people, and it's a beautiful thing to see God's people come into an encounter with him. But the aim of my job is not simply to prophesy over people, but to equip God's people that we may all encounter the prophetic, that we may all prophesy and reveal God's heart to his people, both in the church and outside of the church community. And I love what God does in this particular context. I want to read some incredible, I want to just read out of this text some incredible application for us around the prophetic and what it means for us to be prophetic. Notice that Peter gets a revelation. Uh, Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven and on this rock, And that rock there is not simply talking about Peter, and I'll I'll unpack this in a moment. It's talking about the rock of revelation. What's the revelation? That Jesus is anointed as the Christ, empowered by the work of the Spirit, empowered by the presence of the Spirit, resting and remaining on him in order to do the extraordinary. Jesus is empowered by God's Spirit. And that marks him out as the Son of God. And what's beautiful about that revelation is that when we get that, when we get that, the revelation that Peter gets is not simply a static revelation, but it's an unfolding revelation. In other words, God is a speaking, talking God. He's not, he's not stopped speaking since Scripture was uh, canonized. No, no, God continues to speak by Spirit to his people and amongst his people. And in fact, the same identifying marker that we see on Jesus as the coming of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon Jesus, resting and remaining, is the same identifying marker that we have as the sons of God. You see, the Bible says that we are filled with the Spirit, and it's by the Spirit that we identify with God, that He is our Father, that He is our Abba, and it's how we know that we are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 tells us that the sons of God, those who have been adopted into God's family, are led by the Spirit of God. And the greatness of this revelation that Peter gets is that Jesus is the Son of God. It is both a static revelation in terms of the revelation of Jesus in Scripture. The Bible tells us is the Spirit of prophecy. In other words, how Jesus lived The testimony of Jesus' life is exactly how we are to live and it carries prophetic power for us to do the same thing again. Revelation 19 and verse 10 says, Worship God because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, inherit in the story of Jesus as the Son of God 
is prophetic power for us to live like him and to do the same things that he did. It's why Jesus says, greater things will you do than what you've seen me do because we get to be participators in the very life of Jesus by the Spirit of God to do these things. And so revelation from heaven in the sense that Peter got about who Jesus is is static in that this scripture, this beautiful holy Bible is the highest form of prophecy speaking to us about who Jesus is. We submit our lives to this reality, to the finished work of Christ revealed in Scripture. But not only that, he's continuing to speak on us. In fact, Jesus says, it is upon this revelation of me as a son, it's upon this revelation of Christ, the Son of God, that the very foundation of the church is built. And I've got good news for you. Jesus is still speaking to you and he wants to speak through you for the sake of a world who's lost its way and needs to be returned to him. And so I want to give you four characteristics of what it means to be a prophetic people, what it means to move in prophecy. Again, prophecy is simply revealing God's heart and how we get to live in that out of this particular text. Firstly, I want to tell you that the prophetic is all about relationship. Notice Peter gets a revelation And the way that Jesus describes this revelation is connected to his Father in heaven. He he wants us to understand that the connection to revelation, the connection to the ongoing hearing of his voice is a relational one. It's connected to the Father. It's connected to our sonship. I, I remember as a young man, particularly being involved in prophetic ministry, traveling all over the world, prophesying to thousands of people, sometimes up to three o'clock in the morning because I was so passionate about telling people. And I remember how easily that slipped over into performance and work where I was trying to gain my spirituality by how I lived out the prophetic, how I prophesied over people, gaining identity from what I was doing rather than who I am. I remember going to a particular church meeting where God began to put his finger on this for me and he began to say to me, son, you're working for my approval rather than from my approval. And I remember God taking me through this moment of deep revelation. I grew up in in church life. I, I kind of know church. I've done it all my life. And I realized that I've become a professional Pharisee. And the thing about being a Pharisee is Pharisees, The pharisaical spirit means that you work for something that you already have. And I remember the Lord saying to me, you've got my favor. You don't need to earn it by trying to prophesy over more people. You don't need to prove that you you hear from me. I want you to enjoy who I am. And he said to me, son, I want you to grow up and be a child. You see, receiving and hearing from God's voice is relational and it comes out of a childlikeness. In fact, It's how we receive the kingdom. Jesus most often says, if you want to receive the kingdom, you're going to become like little children. And there's something beautiful about that revelation because I've realized having a five-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl, Ezekiel and Evangeline, that, oh my gosh, if I didn't talk to them in an ongoing way, if I didn't tell them how much I love them in an ongoing way, if I didn't speak to them, it would be a dysfunctional relationship. Yet for most of us, 
we live trying to hear God's voice, trying to work hard at getting a revelation about who we are or what He's called us to do, trying to get instruction from Him in a way that produces performance rather than the simplicity of sonship. You see, the truth is Jesus loves you and His Father loves you as much as He loves Jesus. You're as loved as Jesus is loved. And He wants to communicate to you. He wants to bring a revelation to you, not because... You found a formula, not because you've worked hard at it, but because it's relational. You see, hearing from God, flowing in revelation, always comes from the place of relationships, relationship with Him. It is relational. Your heavenly Papa loves you. You see, God is not just a father, He is a good father. And he wants to speak to you and he wants to do so in many ways and in many different contexts. The second thing I want to tell you about moving in prophecy and understanding that God wants to bring revelation as work to you is that revelation from heaven always comes as a twofold dynamic. Prophecy and the spirit of prophecy always reveals to you um, who Jesus is. It always reveals to you something more about the nature and the wonder of who God is. But not only that, it also reveals who you are. And I love that because you see that Jesus says to Peter, Peter, this revelation has come to you from the Father about who I am. It reveals who Jesus is. Um, and, And all the prophetic simply is, is a revelation of who God's heart is toward you, of what God's heart is toward you, of who Jesus is. If prophetic ministry and prophesying leads you away from the centrality of Jesus and his beauty and his splendor, we're all going to be in trouble because all prophecy finds its fulfillment, finds its yes and amen in Jesus. Prophecy reveals an aspect of who he is. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that prophecy, 12, 13 and 14, that prophecy should encourage us, build us up. It should strengthen and fortify us. That's the aim of the prophetic. It's to bring a deeper strength, a deeper resilience about who Jesus is in our lives. But not only does Revelation reveals who Jesus is. It also reveals something about you. You see, prophecy, and in particular the revelation that Jesus gets, or sorry, that Peter gets in Matthew chapter 16, is about Jesus. And then Jesus says, hey, Peter, this revelation did not come from heaven, uh, did not come uh, through man's understanding or man's wisdom. It came from heaven, from my Father. But not only does this reveal who I am, it reveals something about you. In fact, your name is about to be changed. You're, you're no longer going to be Simon Barjona. No, no, you're going to be Peter, a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. In that moment, prophecy revealed not just who Jesus was, but about who Jesus wants to be in and through Peter, that suddenly the destiny dynamic of prophecy is being unlocked. Hey, Peter, you're going to be a rock. You're going to be a foundation in the church. You're going to help Asher, this new way of being the people of God for the people of God and I'm prophesying that over you right now. All revelation carries 
an aspect of who Jesus is, and then it's meant to unlock who you are. Oh, I, I want to encourage you, dear friends, that Jesus not only wants to be close to you and in you, he wants to reveal his closeness to the world through you. And prophecy is one of the key ways that you get to do that. I remember that I got to speak at a, a context in a, a very big business executive dynamic. I was consulting for a multinational in Singapore in this phenomenal tower, high tower building. I mean, it was beautiful. Like, the office was crazy. If you know anything about me, you'll know that I've got no theological degrees. I've got no nothing behind my name. I grew up in South Africa, in apartheid South Africa for the first half of my life, and that meant that I didn't get the opportunity to be educated really well. But I love that God loves to use the foolish things uh, to confound the wise. I love that God doesn't uh, see our weakness um, as a restraint, but actually the conduct through which we uh, get to be used. I am used prophetically and the two things that I struggle with most is uh, are my speech and my hearing. You see, I was born with a cleft palate, which means that my speech is being impacted, my hearing is being impacted. But the beautiful thing is that the weakest part of me, God is now infused with his spirit so that it becomes a conduit for his strength to be on display in that I get to prophesy, I get to speak with a lisp, with something that I feel disqualifies me. Even though I struggle with hearing, I'm hearing God's voice more and more clearly as, as I'm growing in him. And so with this sense of just like, I don't have what it takes. Yeah, I'm going to prophesy over this financial director of a multinational company. He's not even Christian. What am I going to do? And that's the beautiful thing, by the way, about the prophetic. You get to prophesy over lots of people in any different context. It's not just for church. And I remember sitting opposite him and I felt the Lord say to me, son, I don't want you to go for the accuracy or the details. I want you to go for the heart. And this man stood in front of me and he had to kind of impress me, if you can, look. He was slightly skeptical about prophetic ministry in a work context anyway. And I remember prophesying over him about his daughter. I went for the heart and he immediately began to weep and responded to the beauty of Jesus and actually became a Christian. I felt the Lord saying to me, son, the heart of prophecy is not simply about information or details of destiny. It's about revealing who I am to people. It's about revealing my kindness to them and revealing my heart for them. Prophecy always reveals who God is and who you are to him. The third thing that I love about the prophetic, the third thing I love about stepping out into the prophetic and about getting revelation from him is it is the basis of walking into victory. Notice that Jesus says this revelation of me empowered by the Spirit, of me walking in relationship with the Spirit as the Son of God, is the foundation on which I'm going to build my church. You know, church is not built on the foundation of great business skill set. It's not 
built on the foundation of a powerful social media campaign. It's not even built on the foundation of brick and mortar where you gather. It is built on the foundation of Jesus as the Son of God. And revelation is one of the keys. Revelation from heaven, a revealing of God's heart for our community, for our church, for our context, for the impact that we get to do for our personal lives is the way that we stand and invade the dark places with his light. Notice he says that the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Most of us, very often, we're putting up gates to try and keep the devil out. But here's what Jesus is saying. Because you've heard my voice, because you've got revelation from heaven, you get to invade the dark spaces. You get to go against the gates of hell because you've got a secure promise. You've got a secure revelation. You know, the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18 talks to Timothy. He says, this prophetic word, this revelation that you receive, you get to wage a good warfare with that. In other words, your prophetic revelation that God wants to give you about you, about your destiny, and the words that you get to prophesy over other people, the words that you get to reveal as God's heart to other people, become arrows in your hand of warfare against the works of darkness because light belongs in the darkness. You know, I love that I get to prophesy over loads of people, many of them not in the church world. And I love it when I start to prophesy, particularly over people who are not yet Christian, and I begin to represent Jesus. I begin to represent a good father to them. Most of them often will say to me, does he really think I'm that kind? And for me, one of the things I've learned about prophecy, one of the things I've learned about, particularly when you get to prophesy with people who are not in, not in church, particularly when you get to share God's heart with people who are not in church, that the simplest form of activating God's voice is encouragement. It is so important that we learn to encourage one another and step out in encouragement. Your revelation, hearing from God, getting God's heart, becomes an arrow of warfare. So that in this tension of victory and defeat, in this tension of feeling like things sometimes don't go the way God promised, you get to hold on to it as a light in a dark place because his words will overcome the gates of hell. My last point about being a community of the Spirit, being a community in the prophetic, being a people who receive revelation from heaven, as sons of God now, is that this is how we build the church. The church is never going to be built on programs. It's never going to be built on, on incredible um, social media platforms, like I said earlier. The church is built on an ongoing revelation of who it means for us to be the sons of God on the earth today, the daughters of God on the earth today, and what it means for Jesus to be exalted as the Son of God. The difference between us and Jesus is that we've been adopted. He has always been the eternal Son of God. And I want to invite you on this Pentecost Sunday to come into a fresh encounter. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you through little impressions, through little thoughts, 
through pictures, through versions, through words. Everything that we see in scripture can be yours about how he speaks to you. I want to end with this very simply. The Bible describes an incredible moment with the prophet Elijah where Elijah feels disconnected from God. He feels disconnected from his purpose and he's not hearing from God. And we see this moment where there's wind, there's fire, there's earthquakes. You can read about this in 1 Kings. But the Bible says that God's voice was not in the big stuff, it was not in the noise, it was not in the earthquake, it was not in the fire, it was not in the wind, it was in the still, small voice, it was in the moment of silence. People often ask me how I hear from God. And people sometimes think I hear from God with like this kind of Sean Connery voice, Julian, this is the Lord speaking. But no, that's not how I hear from God. It's in the still, small voice, the little impressions, the same impression that I heard Jesus when he called me to be his son. The same impression when I heard him say, you're now a son, by the Holy Spirit. It's the same impression by which we get to hear God's voice. I want to encourage you to go check out my website. There's a great little course called Prophecy 101, which will unlock what it means for you to hear God's voice. Friends, I want to invite you this Pentecost Sunday to be filled with the Spirit, to hear his voice so that you get to do the stuff that Jesus did, because this is our inheritance. And so, Father, I pray for my friends that are watching. I pray that you would invade their room, invade their lounge, invade their kitchen, invade their car, wherever they're listening to this. God, would you fill them with the Spirit and unlock your voice in a fresh way for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me.